As you've heard, our scripture lesson for this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And the title of today's sermon is Out of Chaos, Out of Chaos. You know, it's been a really, really difficult couple of weeks here in our country on top of a really difficult couple of months for our world. And all of us have just been trying to make sense of what is going on in our country and in our world today and what might be the most appropriate response that God would have us to make to those circumstances. As I have reflected on what's been going on in our country over the past couple of weeks, I've been reminded of uh, my own family of origin and uh, for people like me. As I've shared with you before, I grew up in a home of addiction. And one of the things that happens in a home of addiction is that you can become so focused and so obsessed on the addict or on the addiction that everyone else in the family feels ignored. They feel as if they're misunderstood. They feel as if they're irrelevant. They feel as if they've been unseen. They feel as if they have been unheard. It's easy to feel as if you're not loved. It's easy to feel as if you're not valued. It's easy to feel as if you are somehow defective or responsible for what is going on in your family. And so what begins to happen uh, is that people begin looking for ways so that they don't feel ignored, so that they don't feel misunderstood, so that they do feel seen, so that they do feel heard. Uh, Developmental psychologists tell us that if we don't feel loved, if we don't feel valued, if we don't feel seen and heard, it has tremendous consequences on our emotional well-being. And so when you grow up in a family of addiction and you don't feel seen and you don't feel heard and you, you feel overlooked and you feel neglected, you begin to look for ways to be seen. And, and so for some of us, that might be you try to make great grades. You try to be a perfectionist. Everything you do, you want to do it the absolute best, better than anybody else. Because then, and maybe then, somebody else in your family that has been so focused on the addict and so focused on the addiction will finally take notice of you. And you won't feel neglected or unseen or unheard anymore. Other people might try to be seen or heard or understood or valued by being a, a fixer. If, if something is wrong in the family, you assume the role of fixer and you try to walk in and repair whatever damage has been done or caused as a result of addiction in the home. And then there are others that are raised in a family of addiction that are trying so desperately to be seen or heard or understood that they just resort to violence, deviant behavior, acting out and acting up in all sorts of ways. 
You may not agree with all of those roles. You may not even understand all of those roles. But at the core, every single one of those reactions is just an attempt to be noticed. To be understood. To be seen. To be valued. I think that's what's been happening on some level in our country in the last few weeks. There was a senseless and unnecessary death uh, that has resulted in a charge of murder against police officers. And there are so many people that are tired of being unseen and tired of being unheard and tired of being misunderstood, tired of not feeling like they've been loved. Tired of feeling as if they haven't been valued. And when people feel unloved and unvalued and unseen and unheard and overlooked, they're going to respond in any number of ways, just like those of us who were born in a family of addiction respond in any number of ways. You may not understand it. You may not agree with it. But at the very core of what is happening is that there are people in our world who don't feel like they are understood or heard or valued or loved. That's why we're experiencing such darkness and disorder and dis-ease in our country. And that's why so many of us, I think, are confused. As I opened up the scripture reading for this week's lectionary and discovered that Genesis chapter 1 was the Old Testament text. And as I began to delve into this passage of scripture, I found what I believe can be a glimmer of hope for us and for the world. We're told that in the very beginning that there was chaos that reigned in our world. We're told that there was um, darkness and disorder and dis-ease. There was much confusion. We are told that the Spirit of God swept across the chaotic waters. That's the way the New Revised Standard Version uh, translates the word. But in the New International Version, it says that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. As far as we know, this is the inaugural activity of the Holy Spirit and the inaugural activity of the Spirit was to hover over the chaos, over the darkness, over the dis-ease, over the disorder. This word that can be translated hover is only used one other time in Scripture. 
And that is found in Deuteronomy 32, verse 11. And in that verse of Scripture, God is likened to an eagle who hovers over the nest of her young. Now, can't you imagine uh, a nest full of eagle, um, small eagles, eaglets, if you will, and they're sitting there squawking, and they're sitting there bobbing their heads up and down. There is all sorts of instability. They are hungry. They want desperately to be fed. They want desperately to be nourished. They want desperately to be tended to. And we're told that God, like a mother eagle, comes and hovers over that nest. The mama eagle comes to calm the chaos and the instability that is taking place inside that nest. The mother eagle comes to nourish at people, the animals at the deepest core of their being to attend to them. In the midst of our confusion, in the midst of the disorder and the darkness and the dis-ease that is taking place in our world today, it is something that is a great comfort to me to know that our God is a hovering God. That our God is just above the chaos, seeking to find ways to nourish us Seeking to find ways to tend to our simplest and most basic of needs. Our God is capable of coming into our chaos and to doing something good. To feed us, to nourish us, to help us to see that we are loved and we are valued. And we've been heard and to help us to see that we are not being neglected. That is God's will for us. I believe that the chaos that we're experiencing in our world today one of the things that we might learn from that chaos, one of the things that we might be reminded of by that chaos is that God is hovering over us. That it is God's desire to bring something good, something meaningful, something lasting from this chaos. It is God's desire for us to make those who are worried that they aren't seen, that they aren't heard, that they aren't loved, that they aren't valued, for them to be able to see that they have been heard, that they are valued, that they have been seen. And I'm wondering, how might God want to use us as the people called Methodist of St. Mark's United Methodist Church to bring something good out of the chaos that is taking place in our world. We who have been nourished by a hovering God. 
We who have been given what we need, we who have been tended to, we have been reminded of how much we are loved and valued and created in the image of God. How might God want us who have been so nourished to go and to nourish others so that they would feel seen and felt and heard and not neglected or ignored. God brought forth light out of the chaos in our scripture today. And I believe that we can be the light shining into the chaos of our world today. And I believe that if we will so seek to do that, that something good can and will come from the chaos that we've seen and experienced in our world. And so I would simply like to ask you to join me in asking God, how might we be the light and the love and the life to those around us who feel neglected overlooked, unseen, and unheard. How might we, who have been strengthened by a God who hovers like a mother eagle, in turn strengthen and empower a world that is hurting? Join me in making that our prayer, and our desire. Amen.